The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Yeah, whatever advice I'm giving you, you don't have to 100% take it. I'm shooting for about 65. You take 65% of it, that's good enough. I will be satisfied. Thanks for joining me here. This is not E-Person Monday. Because the Christmas holidays are coming up, we are in Advent. Um, Advent, from Latin, uh, to come to, to go to. Advent, venice, venice. I used to remember my Latin. All I remember now is semper ubi sub ubi, for those of you who are Latin scholars. Um, Because of that, we're going to do a live show today. Uh, We are going to take your calls because we know this is the time of year when people agglutinate. They come from every corner into your life. And these are people that throughout um, much of the year you get no contact with or minimal contact with, and you're probably pretty grateful for that. But they're coming in. Uncle Fred, he's coming in. Your brother-in-law, he's coming in. Somebody's coming in. And, you know, they're either going to stay for several days or they're at least going to come over at Christmas or Christmas Eve. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, wouldn't it just be nicer just to have a Christmas Eve without that kind of tension building up? Of course it would. But, and that's the big but, you can do a lot about that. Get to that in a moment. Not E-Person Monday, You-Person Monday. The number to call to get on to the program 877-573-7825-877-57 equal. That is the number to call to get on to the program. Had a wonderful time, wonderful time to uh, visit EWTN last week. Got a chance to uh, do some shows and uh, had my wife with me. So that was really, really pretty cool scheduled god willing going back to ewtn for the first time this is season number 14 am i old or what well i started doing these right out of college season number 14 of living right with dr ray but we're going to be doing it for the first time we bounce around the country with the show but for the first time down in birmingham at the ewtn studios and once again we're going to ask Gravel. Hope we don't get to the point where we have to pay for an audience. That's right. So, one thing neat about this, if you're nearby, you're within driving distance. And it depends upon the level of love that you have. Driving distance for some of you could be 300 miles. 
Driving distance for others of you would be across the street would be too far. Either way, if you would like to see the EWTN studios, a lot of, a lot of beautiful things there, reaching out through the air with the gospel message, Christ Church, and also be part of the TV show. We're going to shoot four of them. That's kind of violent. It's kind of violent language, isn't it? We're going to shoot four of them. We're going to tape. It's a little better. Four of them on uh, January 15th. If you go to EWTN.com forward slash Dr. Ray Live, D-R-R-A-Y, live, and they're all set up there to to just get your reservation. You'll be right there in the EWTN studios. So that's really neat stuff there. So if you want to go, that's what you got to do. Hope to see you. I'm going to put that up on the Facebook, too. I don't know if we're putting it up on Instagram. Maybe we will. All righty. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. If you would like to chat, jaw, share, emote, connect, elaborate, elucidate, extrapolate. A lot of X's there about situations in your life, people, circumstances, stuff that bugs you. That shouldn't bug you, or stuff that should bug you that doesn't bug you. You know, you got to figure out where the balance is. 877 57 equal. Not going to be doing any e persons today. It's going to be you person. That's the number to get onto the program. You can't choose your family. God gave you. The people that are your family. You don't have any choice. I don't suspect, I don't think this is kind of any theological substance, that uh, you were ensouled (laughs) before you were born. Although, there, believe it or not, there are some religions, I won't mention any names, who believe that. That you existed as a soul before you came to earth. The church certainly doesn't teach that. You couldn't say to God, uh, hey, uh, give me those people down there. That's who I want. No, you you had the family that you had. For better or for worse, kind of like marriage. Most of the time, got a lot of warmth in that family. But there are those in that family that push you to the very limits of your patience and your ability to forgive regularly. They may be out of state, though far away you don't see them much however i would think the number one time that you associate with them is during the christmas season during the holidays they're coming into town or maybe you're going there that could be you know you're thinking to yourself okay i'll do my best so how do you do your best my first suggestion Watch your mouth. 99.99, that's my rough estimate, of the friction that occurs between family members is from the mouth. Typically, well, okay, okay, maybe that's, that's too high. Let me qualify. From the mouth during close contact. In other words, when you're at the same house, sharing the same meal, opening presents, 
gathering round, roasting chestnuts on the fire. So you got to watch your mouth. But they don't watch theirs, Doctor Ray. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to take I'm going to take the hits. They're going to fire pot shots at my religion, at my morals, at my political views. Well, here's the thing. You operate out of a different set of principles. If they're going to assault your beliefs and they don't have those same beliefs, then in their belief system, now don't hear me, don't mishear me, I'm not making excuses for them. In their belief system, they think it's okay. Nothing wrong with doing that, showing intolerance or emotional assault or put downs. That's that's uh, well, that's something you deserve in their mind. But your belief system says you can't do that. You're not to do that. So you don't measure your response to them, how you treat them, what you say to them by their actions and words. You don't do that. You can't. If they're coming from a completely different worldview and perspective about all this, then they believe they can say what they want. They believe you deserve it. You can't turn around and do the same to them, even though they started it. That's the thing. So, given that, brace yourself. Recognize that you may have to let some stuff just, no, this is really, this is, this is why I'm the highly trained professional because I can use this kind of sophisticated psychological language. You're going to have to let some of it go in one ear and out the other. You can't respond to it. Or you smile. Or you do what I do, and I'm very good at this. I am very good at this. I just look dumb like I didn't understand what you just said. Now, since I look that way most of the time, they can't tell whether I'm deliberately looking dumb or that's just my facial countenance. So, brace yourself. Know that you cannot operate by the same rules that they operate when you get together with them and that they could say things that are ridiculous, unfair, mean, snarky, snippy, snooty, snotty, snarly, snappy. I don't know if God did that on purpose, that that diphthong blend, the S and N. Man, it covers a lot of snarky stuff, doesn't it? So, brace yourself again. Know that if they come to you and you come to them and and these are people who are really hard for you to take, you don't want to be hard to take back. As St. Paul says, uh, if you don't respond like that, you're, you're heaping hot coals on their head. Now, that's not your main motive. You're not saying, okay, I'm not going to respond so it really gets to them. No, nah, that's not your main motive. That's just a byproduct of not playing by their rules. Know it. Get ready for it. And it won't surprise you so much. 877-573-7825 is the number. I would love to talk to you. This is not E-Person Monday. You-Person Monday. 
talking about you, your circumstances, your situations, especially as things are coming up here. I know a lot of you got to be struggling with, I don't know, I'm just so tired of getting everybody gifts. They got everything they need. I can't even, can't even find something they don't need. And these kids are so small. My grandkids get everything. What am I going to do? Pile four more gifts on top of their mountain at Christmas Eve as they rip into that mountain like a shark? I know that's got to be that's got to be bugging you. So call in, and I I want to help you as best I can navigate through that. Eight seven seven fifty seven equal is the number. It's Doctor Ray. Call now for great advice from Doctor Ray. Now, don't you feel better? Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. Isn't it awesome that we today do not recognize his presence in the Eucharist? Is it because we really don't go to him in humbleness of heart and say, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I cannot live without you. Are we saying that? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Come to my attention, those of you parents who are calling in with a child-rearing type issue. Excuse the cycle babble, I don't like that word, but the only issues I pay attention to are modern tank today and shot put nightly. But parenting issue, um, <clears throat> and you're a little nervous, you can simply say, yeah, there's this kid in our neighborhood. Not real sure about his mother, but I've seen her on the news Yeah, the national news. Yeah, all last week. 877-57 equal. Karina from Houston, Texas. Guadalupe, big, big, big big, big network and a a huge um, area for, um, I think Houston is like the the fourth biggest market 
in the uh, country. Hi, Karina. Hi. Thank you for the call. Thank you for taking my call, Dr. Ray. You are I more welcome. I have had a dilemma. I'm sorry. I, I've, I've had a dilemma that's been weighing on my on on me for probably a good six months now. Whoa. And it took you this long to call me? <laughs> I was hoping it would resolve itself. You wanted it to go away and it didn't because the people who are causing some of this dilemma are not budging. Correct. Mm, would your, can you say what your husband did? Oh, no, not my husband. Um, so I've got uh, two sisters, an older and a younger sister. And um, my younger sister's husband that she's been married to for probably about 18 years, um, he's been unemployed, so the family's view of him has been a little, you know, we, we keep hoping for the best, but he's not proven himself, you know, as a... He's the brown. He's the brown support. sheep of the family. Yes, not totally and black, but brown. <laughs> Maybe a little gray. Okay. But um, my older sister has uh, an adult daughter in her twenties, and she used to uh, dog sit for them. And one day, when they were exchanging dogs, he was there by her. Uh, he was by himself with her. And he kind of made some innuendos to her that were very inappropriate, Ooh. and and she left. And um, when my older sister heard about what happened to her daughter, she called my younger sister, and my younger sister claimed that he was on, uh, which he really is on, prescription medication, uh, new prescription medication that probably had an adverse effect on him, but the family was already not very happy with this This guy was already on thin ice with your family right right so this was just the straw that broke the camel's back and that's a mixed metaphor you know karina that's a mixed metaphor thin ice and breaking a camel's back that's just that's just a mixed metaphor i'm gonna let you get away with it go ahead so they're have they shut him they've shut him out that's it we're not we're not having any contact with this guy well, right, and what what weighs on my heart is that you know we're we're a very devout Catholic family, and so I keep, you know, talking to my older sister, saying, you know, you need to forgive, and she says I've forgiven him, but I just don't ever want to see him again. Well, I don't. Somebody could so, somebody could really debate Karina whether that's forgiveness, you know? Yeah, I forgive you, but you're a relative. Get out of my life. Now, her her justification would be, I don't trust him. If he did that once, who knows if he did it before, and who knows if he'll do it again. That's her thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's a tough one to get by. And How unfortunately, old- the, my younger sister, the one that she's married to this gentleman, um, she has always denied any kind of problems in her marriage with her husband, and so uh, she's 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 still trying to invite themselves to to Christmas and doesn't realize why uh, my other sister just won't have it. So you got three of you sisters. The younger one mm-hmm. is the husband who made the inappropriate double entendre remark to this ad- adult child. How old was the child? Twenty three. Okay, so she's an adult, and he he made a 
uh, flirtatious, bordering on um, totally inappropriate remark to the girl. Just one remark he made it was just a stupid remark. No, um, while she was there, you know, he commented on her appearance, wanting to know about you know maybe taking videos. So I mean, it was oh, more than one remark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he definitely went over the line. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, and you have been saying, you know, imagine the last six months, you've been attempting to convince your older sister, give the guy a break, keep an eye on him, and he won't do it again. That's what you're trying to do, right? Right. And you've been trying to do that. Yes. And she won't budge. No. She has said, if he shows up at my front door, I will turn him away. And what will your younger sister do if on Christmas Eve you and your older sister are there and uh, they've been turned away? What will she do? Will she look at you like a traitor? She knows I'm stuck in the middle. She knows that I've been trying. Okay. So she will not blame you for what your older sister did. She won't say, you got to choose a side, and if you choose the older sister's side, uh, you're going to have a problem with me. No, she she's okay. understanding. She knows right. I've been trying to work behind the scenes. All right. So you're asking me, is there any magic to get your older sister to... to well, your older sister, I assume, is married, correct? Uh, she's a widow, but that's oh, I see. Okay, so all right, so all right, so there's no dad there. Okay, what does the 23 year old daughter think? Does she say, "Hey, mom, the guy was a jerk"? Uh, let's not let's not fragment the family. We can tolerate him for two hours on Christmas Eve. Daughter, say that, or is the no. daughter saying, I, "I don't want anywhere near him"? Exactly. Okay, then she's going to protect her daughter, and uh, nothing's going to change. So I think what you got to do is you got to go to your younger sister and say, I'm going to do my very best <laughs> to keep a foot in both of your worlds. But you understand right. that until and if and when they decide under close circumstances, you can have some interaction. Because essentially what they're da- what they're doing is they're saying the guy is not welcome, which means the sister is not welcome. True. Well, I mean, they they have made an exception and told her, you can come by yourself. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. But she feels, she, you know, I'm a married she, couple. All right. She won't do that. Well, I maybe you could go to the guy and say, have you made any attempt to apologize deeply to these folks and to promise that something similar would never, ever happen again? Has he done that? If he hasn't, that's bad. He he initially, you know, apologized, but again, you know, said, hey, I'm taking you prescription medication, which... Oh, that's, that's bogus. When yeah. you apologize, you don't say, I'm sorry, but this is why I did it. No, 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 no. That just simply takes <laughs> away from the apology. Don't that. Tell him to go back and just simply say I was wrong, was totally wrong. It was stupid. It won't happen again. And I wasn't thinking clearly. I don't know if it was a medication or not, but that's no reason, no excuse. And I hope you'll find it in your heart somewhere to forgive me. And I understand if you don't want to see me, but hopefully over time that will change. 
That's what I would do if I was in his shoes. I mean, you got you got to hold your hat and your head in your hand when you go back to them and say, I, right. I, I can't apologize enough for how stupid and inappropriate that was. I don't think he's done that. No, I don't think so either. Okay. And that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> because at least, at least this... Right. Okay, do you, you, you stay out of it from here on out, Karina. What, what can you do? You just yeah. simply say, I'll, yeah. I'll do my best to get along with both of you. Right. And, and I think, you know, one of the other reasons why, you know, my family kind of hesitates to bring them back in is at one point, you know, my father was living with this couple and uh, this guy was not very nice to my dad the entire time he was there. So they don't like this guy anyway. So that you say that was just the final final move. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't he didn't have a whole um, lot of uh, uh, principle as you would use it from a financial perspective to live off of. He had he had pretty much spent down his whole bank account of goodwill. Bless you, Karina. Blessed holidays. 877-57-EQUAL. That's the number. Love to hear from you. Living the Beatitudes with Father Bjorn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This strange beatitude reminds us that Jesus is challenging us with his ways to heaven on a new exodus. We're leaving behind the Egypt of this world to find the eternal paradise of heaven. When we tend to think of happiness, we tend to think of it in a self-centered way, a possession of a temporary good or passing fancy. But Jesus is calling us into eternal happiness. And actually, morality is a search for happiness, says Dominican priest surveys pink hairs. We're looking to be happy, and a lot of times we end up in dead-end roads that don't lead us to where we want to go. How can we be blessed when we mourn? In sorrow and difficulty, hardship and cross, we are called closer to Jesus. It's God's fingerprint in our heart reminding us that we're made for eternal happiness. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. For more about the Beatitudes, visit EWTNRC.com. The binary choice between life and death is the engine that drives the entire story of human history. It's there in the garden where Adam and Eve made the wrong choice. It's there in the days of Cain and Abel when they have to choose between right and wrong worship. It's there with Joshua in chapter 24 where he says, Choose this day whom you will serve. And the binary choice is there with King David when Bathsheba catches his eye. It's there in Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And it's there in Jesus' teaching. Will you build on the rock or will you build on sand? And when we talk about imitating Christ, we mean that we want to be like Jesus, who always makes the right choice, choosing God above created things. He chooses life, and for those who follow him, he promises abundant life, even eternal life. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Aspiring to inspire before I expire. Nice to have you with me, Dr. Ray Garendi. This is not E-Person Monday. We're, uh, we're shifting it up a little bit here because the holidays, season of Advent is here. A lot of people may be struggling with family matters that don't really surface until the person comes to town or you go to their town. So, therefore, because of that, 
maybe we uh, decided to put some live shows here where we would normally do an e-person. So this show is live, 877. Well, some might say it's not real live, but it's comatose. But 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call. Colleen is calling. She is a ma. I don't Oh, no, no, no. Massachusetts, M.A. Okay. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Dr. Ray. Um, I have a quick question. At my church, the cancer, can, uh, every single Sunday, she does not um, sing the responsorial psalms that we're supposed to be hearing. And I feel so ripped off. She'll just have this one thing that she sings every single week. It's like a little ditty. I don't know if she made it up or whatever. I mean, I don't want to say she made it up. Sorry. Uh, but um, I just feel ripped off, and I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> I thought I'd ask you because you're kind of tactful. Well, you don't need to take it personal, Colleen. I would suspect. I but well, I want your thoughts. Okay, sorry. Okay, that's all right. I would suspect... If she, if she actually wrote the music to that response, that's her baby. And therefore, she just wants to keep playing it over and over. That's one possibility. Another possibility is that's the only one she might feel the most comfortable with singing. Uh, a new responsorial with new music, she might not feel as comfortable. So... That's just a couple that's of... That's not true, she, that's not her. She's very, very... She has a lot of confidence, and she's a professional singer. Okay. So that one I couldn't think would be right. All right. So possibly she wrote it herself. Uh, who decides? Apparently, the priest is not has not told her uh, we need to have the responsorial song that is suggested. Did he? No. Hmm. Well, if it bothers you that much, go to the priest and say, I'm, I'm perplexed. Father, is, is there a reason why we have the same responsorial song every Mass? I wouldn't say, is there a reason why she sings the same responsorial song every Mass? Just keep it away from blaming her. Just simply say, is there, Father, is there a reason for this? And see what he says. And if he okay. says like he has... That. He has no problems with it. In other words, yes, I've noticed that, but but she's a great singer, and we love having her, so I pretty much allow her to decide what to do. Well, okay, then you're kind of stuck. And you just sing that responsorial song when you can. I don't really know what what exactly the the, the germ would say about that, in the sense that it is strongly suggested that the responsorial psalms that are in the the guidance of the Mass would be the ones to be sung. I, I don't know. Or if they say, yes, there's some, some leeway in that, uh, as long as it's an appropriate responsorial song, the music minister can decide how you want to respond in what way regarding the music. So I, I don't know. You you can look it up. Just go to the G-E-R-M. The, I forget what that stands for because I'm old and I don't remember all these things anymore. But it's basically the rubrics for conducting the Mass properly. G-E-R-M, the germ. Um, 
Okay, but good. I think what I should do is just, like you said, just talk to the priest. I don't want to be there like, here, look, look, look. Like, yeah, you know, I look this up, and that will make me look really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're wise to go to the priest and say, okay, thank can, you. Can, you, can you help me, <laughs> Father? You you're, you're welcome, Colleen. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Bye. Merry Christmas, dear. Uh, Joseph from Kentucky. No, that's not Kentucky. Connecticut. CT. That's Connecticut. Hi, Joseph. Good afternoon, Dr. A. How are you? Well, nothing gaining on me that I know of. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I am an ex-Catholic agnostic, and I still enjoy your show. How's that? I'll tell you what. Hey, you you call in here some other time, because I really want to know why you're an agnostic, and we can talk about that. But for the moment here, you got another situation going on. Yeah, one of my old—I have been— banished and shunned from one of my old good close friends of over 20 something years because I do not agree with his Catholic philosophy and uh, it started with he said some very negative nasty things about my late sister that just passed away that he never even met and it got into an email argument next thing you know he said he wasn't going to waste pearls on swine whatever that means some biblical thing, and uh, I tried to I tried to put an olive branch, and I hand wrote him a letter, and I gave him examples, and I said, you know, I I have other very close good friends and even family that are very religious, and we get along just fine. They're good people. They just don't bring it up, and they know they know how to talk to me about it, and we get along just fine. And for many many years. But this fella is just, you know, out there. And I gave him an example of, you know, look at how many people that go to church every Sunday that are horrible human beings. And then look at other ones that are atheists that dedicate their lives into the betterment of others. But the question I wanted to ask is, is do you think that this is acceptable behavior to shun and banish somebody that, that – uh, doesn't agree with you or criticizes your beliefs. No. But I will say this. If you guys got into an email battle and it got ugly and hot on that email battle and you had your side of flinging the the, the torches um, and you know your friend, he's he's not real confident in terms of who he wants to hang with, then, yeah, it's... I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's, not saying it's right, but it's understandable that he said, "Okay, I don't need to put up with this from you." Now that's wrong, especially if you had a long-standing friendship, and especially if he says, "I believe there's a God. I believe Christ is God, and therefore I should try to live as Christ would want me to live," which would mean, first thing, apologize to you for the things that were said in that email. Not expecting an apology from you. That's one. Two, to not say, all right, the guy's my friend for 20 years, but he stepped over the line. Get lost. That's wrong. I think that's just wrong. Uh, There's a line in uh, St. John's letter. It says, how can you say you love God who you do not see 
when you don't love the people you do see. Joseph, stay right there because I want I want to chase this a little bit more. Would you Would you do that, sir? Sure, that's a good, that's a great line, and I agree with that. Stay right there. Don't go away. 877-573-7825. Really good to be with you on this not E Person Monday. We're taking your calls. 877-57-Equal. Why should we do no work on the Sabbath as the Third Commandment demands? The Catholic Catechism reminds us that in six days the Lord God made the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that is in them. On the seventh day he rested, thereby blessing and hallowing the Sabbath. The Sabbath is also a memorial of Israel's liberation from Egypt. The Sabbath is a sign of God's irrevocable covenant with Israel. Thus, the day is to be set apart as holy and for the praise of God, his work of creation, and his saving action on behalf of Israel. God set a model for human action. If the Almighty Creator could take a day off for rest and refreshment, so should his creatures. For Christians, Sunday replaces Sabbath observance because it is the day Jesus rose from the dead and ushered in the new creation. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. The AP is now saying that news people cannot refer to pregnancy resource centers as pregnancy resource centers or crisis pregnancy centers. They have to refer to them as anti-abortion centers because we're misleading the public by saying that they're offering resources, apparently. It is about consistently putting forth a culture of death, do anything you want sexually, being extremely woke every time you turn around. This is more proof that all they care about is their own agenda. And they're doing this to their own demise. If you look at the ratings, for example, of CNN, if you look at the subscription rates, right, of various newspapers, whether it's online or still hard copy in, in print, continuing to decrease. And yet they do not care because it's about the agenda. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Thanks for joining me. Dr. Ray Grandy here. Privileged beyond words to be able to do this program by the way my wife texted me i didn't know she listened to the program apparently she does uh she i didn't know what germ stood for but one time i knew that was probably about a week ago but i've forgotten since general instruction of the roman missile general instruction of the roman missile and i can tell she texted this voice to text because it says roman missile m-i-s-s-i-l-e honey uh, you might want to. I want to check what the talks to text says. General instruction of the Roman missile. I'm talking to a, a gentleman, Joseph. I hope he's still there. Joseph, you still there, sir? I sure am. All right. Well, your you know your question was, and I think pretty much anybody who believes there's a God, who believes Christ was God, and who wants to live according to His teaching would say that what your friend is doing to you is wrong. It's wrong. 
I mean, I can understand that maybe he would say we better avoid religious clashes or I don't have quite the same connection with you because you don't think like I do. I, I can understand that. But to say get out of my life, uh, man, I, that, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'll take a guess. You heard that pearls for swine uh, uh, line before? Yeah, Jesus said... Uh, you are not to cast your pearls before swine. What he meant was that was, that was a Jewish idiom. It was a Jewish way of speaking. Not it's not calling you a swine, all right? That's that's taken out of context. What it's saying is, if you got something truthful and good to say, and people don't want to hear it, and they react nastily to it, or they completely reject it, then don't keep saying it. No, I can understand that. Well, I mean, I know yeah, when to shut my mouth. Yeah, I didn't react nasty. I, I just pointed out how ridiculous what he said was. And Well, now, see, know, that's nasty. Hold on, Joseph. That's nasty. Yeah, he interjects his faith into everything. And, uh, you know, being an atheist, of course, I'm right on everything, you know? That's how it is. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You said you're agnostic. Now you're an atheist. Which is agnostic. it? Agnostic. I, right, so, I, uh, I, I'm vacillating between right, the two. Right. Hey, have you ever listened to the great, wise Sam Harris on Christianity? Sam Harris, if you want my straight-up impression, is not a bright guy. What Sam Harris does is he attacks Christianity, and he's a very good writer. He's very persuasive. But he attacks it, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. He throws up all kinds of straw men. And anybody who would even know remotely what Christianity teaches would say, wait a minute, pal, you got to do better than this. So Harris has misled a lot of people. He did an incredible debate with, I forgot who it was, Dr. Somebody at Notre Dame. Just type in to YouTube, Sam Harris on Christianity, and let me know what you think, because it, it is absolutely brilliant. How about Christopher Hitchens? Hitchens is the same way, although, wait a minute, <clears throat> one of those guys, and I think it must have been Hitchens, became Christian. Did you know that? No. Yeah, yeah, one of them did. One of the, the, the four verbal atheists that have really attacked the whole God thing, one of them became Christian. And the reason he... The reason he cited, I don't know if it was Hitchens or not, somebody will, somebody will text me and tell me who it was. The reason he cited was the fine-tuning of the universe. Any, any, I'll give you an interesting statistic here, Joseph. This will probably shock you. Of the scientists surveyed under age 50, now you would figure that the more somebody knows science, right, the less they're going to believe in God. Would you assume that's a, a fair thing to say? Of course, of course. Okay. Of those surveyed who... Science was their life. Under age 50, 56% of them believed. Where did you get that? those numbers? I doubt that. Yes, you can. Oh, no. Go look it up. Father, Father Robert Spitzer has that. There's a book you might be interested in. Father Robert Spitzer. There's a book you might be interested in. It's called God at the Doorstep. No, I'm sorry. Science at the Doorstep to God. Look at that. Science at the doorstep to God. I love science as it comments on the existence of a creator. I love it. 
A uh, couple other books well, that well, they're all the, these books are all coming out now. They're trying to shoehorn religion into science because they can't fight science anymore, but they used to <laughs> all the time. And Joseph, you know, they, if, they, uh, let, let me just offer you this th- thought: if you look at the science that's there, for example, there's a book out by a man who's a nuclear particle physicist. His name is Stephen Barr. He wrote a book called Modern Science and Ancient Faith. And in it, he said, the whole universe is one mathematical equation. And it is so fine-tuned all the way down to the atom. It is so incredibly fine-tuned that for it to occur at random is virtually impossible. I saw one scientist, mathematician, who said this. He wasn't making it up. He said, one DNA molecule to randomly get in place to replicate itself, the odds on that were 1 times 10 to the 80th. Now, 10 to the 80th is a number so large that it's virtually impossible for that to happen. A couple other things you might look at. Just quickly, just keep an open mind here, Joseph. That's all I'm saying. I'm not asking to convince you. I'm just saying look at the evidence. Go to shroud.com. Shroud.com. That's one place. And Eucharistic Miracles, Buenos Aires Eucharistic Miracle of 1996. Just look at it, and if you say, well, that's all bunk, I don't buy any of it, that's your decision. You can do that. But just look at it and ponder it and say, hmm, how do I explain this? Joseph, thank you. Call me back, please. Would would like to talk with you more, sir. Oh, i got to take a break. Shoot, i got got some folks up there who want to talk. 877-573-7825. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. There's more to it than reciting the act of spiritual communion. We should begin by having sincere repentance for our sins and affirming our belief that Christ's death redeemed us. Next, we call to mind the spiritual gifts found in Christ's sacrifice and thank God earnestly for them. Now we are disposed to pray the traditional prayer of spiritual communion. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. 
going to make the standard promise. If you're on the line at the end of the program, you call back anytime into the undefined future. You will be first up. Your time is valuable. Let's go to Craig from Kentucky. He's asking me more about the word shunning, which I have used in my books. Hi, Craig. How are you? Good, Dr. Ray. How are you? I appreciate the call there, sir. What are you thinking? So, well, going back to your last caller, um, I know you wrote numerous books on children and parents and how to discipline them um, for a lifetime. Um, when kids are not doing the behavior that, that we're trying to teach and instruct them in. And some of that is blackouts, what I would you know, somewhat say is, is the shunning aspect. No, it isn't. I know you've written, no, I meant I made that clear. I said you don't decrease, you don't stop loving them. You don't stop talking to them. You just basically eliminate the privileges and perks. Quite different. Okay. Which, okay. Well, I'd agree. So you're still, you're still as a parent um, changing the way you're treating them to get a behavior that you want. And I guess sure. my, my parallel to that is uh, we Christians, I, I feel like in a way become too soft. We're, we're kind of going secular, and when we have brothers and sisters in faith not acting and following instructions of, the, the, of our faith, the catechism, the Christian faith, I feel like we Christians need some advice. You, I don't know, maybe you do have a book. But I do. I do. It's not like we're not we're not holding Christians accountable for their actions and admonishing and admonishing the sinner. Big Almost difference like between kids. Secular. Big difference between kids and, and adults. The kids are responsible. I, agree. I think adults we should hold a higher standard. But go ahead. Well, go ahead. But but you you don't have the leverage. In other words, to to hope to bring somebody to the faith, you can't stop loving them. And if they're people in your own family, it's really hard to to cut contact with them. Because essentially, we're not called to do that. I mean, our Lord hung with the tax collectors and the sinners, and these these people were the worst of the worst to the Jews. And he hung with them. He didn't say shun them. Now, the Jews shunned them, but he didn't. That's where he got in some trouble with the religious leaders. So I know what you're saying. We're, you're saying, but at the same time, he would call them brood of vipers, and he would call them, call them whitewashed tombs. And he say, called the religious leaders that. He called the religious right, leaders that. The relig- yeah. But he didn't shun them. He didn't shun them. Saint when, what about when, when St. Paul? What about when, when, Joseph Paul of, says, when, hey, when people are acting a certain way, don't even eat with them in 1 Corinthians 5.11? I mean, that's where I think it's just so hard as Christians. I feel like at the same time, like in Ohio, where abortion now has passed, and we have these huge laws and changes because we're not standing up. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. It's just trying to keep that balance. It is a balance, um, but you can't write people off. I mean, you can if it's a danger or if they're abusive or threatening or violent. Yeah, that then you got to do it for your safety and your well-being. But if they're acting in a way counter to the faith that they proclaim, and you have attempted some way to talk with them about it, they don't want to hear it. Now you got a decision to make. You can say, all right, get out of my life, or you can say, I will attempt to still have a relationship with you so that, some way, somehow. For example, I got relatives who claim to be very devout Catholics who are living in a way completely opposite to what the church teaches. Should I say to them, until you straighten up, I'm not your brother anymore? 
I'm not your cousin anymore. I, that would seem to be so counter. It, I do have books about this. I have a book called Thinking Like Jesus, and I have a book called Jesus the Master Psychologist. And I talk about that, Craig. I say, if we still have a relationship with those who are living counter to the faith they proclaim, is that condoning what they do? Is that sending a weak message? Is that saying, it's okay with me that you do that? Now, that's how they may interpret it. That's not what you're saying. If you have a a son who's living with his girlfriend, are you going to write your son off? Are you going to say, okay, son, I'm going to show you the consequences of your actions. You're living with your girlfriend? I'm not uh, having either one of you anywhere near me until you move out. You can do that, but I I think that wouldn't be what our Lord would want you to do. Your son knows how you think. He knows how you believe about this. So to still have a relationship with him and his girlfriend is not saying, well, I'm not standing up for the faith. I'm weak-kneed. Do what you want. Doesn't matter to me anymore. I don't think that's what you're saying. More people are brought back to the faith by love than by saying, you're doing wrong, and until you straighten up, get out of my life. Am I, am I misrepresenting the question? No, you're not. But I think, you know, at the same time, you, you, you bring it up to someone, then the Bible says you bring somebody else, you take it to the church, and if they still don't turn their ways, then then basically you, you treat them as tax tax collector and Gentiles. What exactly that means, I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like... I just feel like we've become too soft as Christians, and I and I, I again, I hear everything you're saying. Uh, maybe I need to read your next book. So, Craig, I believe we have become too soft as Christians. I'm totally with you on that one, but at the same time, I don't believe it's being soft as a Christian to to love those who are wayward, to love those who are not repentant, really, to love those who say I'm a Christian. I'm Catholic, but I'm going to do as I please. I I don't think that's weak to say I'm still going to have a relationship with you if you're a member of my family. I guess the prodigal son and then the rich man that walked away from Jesus and Jesus let him walk away. Again, it's a balance with everything. Well, he walked away. The rich man walked away. Jesus didn't say get lost. The prodigal son left his dad. The dad didn't say get lost. But until they come back to the faith, <laughs> I guess that when they follow, when they follow the instructions established by Christ, uh, and they're living in grave sin or doing something gravely wrong, uh, I think you just kind of have to let them go their way until they do come back. And then I do, I would open people, you know, bring them back with open arms. It's different between letting them that, difference, Craig, between letting them go their way and you saying, "I'm going to make you go that way." If my mother acts tremendously outside her catholic faith if she if she hates her mom's guts that's really wrong i mean that's major league wrong okay now what do i do with my mom am i gonna say ma don't have anything to do with me until you you start learning how to love your dad is that is that what i would do well i hope yeah i know these are all things that i'm just you know obviously struggling with and uh Air on the side, air on the side of love. I, hey, I'm not a, a, a weak-kneed, fluffy Christian, but you got to err on the side of love.
Craig, thank you. Great question. And all of you who didn't get on, please call back. You'll be first up. This is Dr. Ray. Walk with God. He'll give you some good guidance. Got to pay attention, though. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.